2: we decide
1: well we should make it a topic <laughs> unfortunately i didn't take german in school i barely took i took spanish and i don't remember any of it
0: three fates decide podcast hey everyone my name is sam welcome back to three fates decide i am here with my two co-hosts liz and mary say hello ladies hello hello and tonight, we are going to be going through another Marvel movie that came out in 2021, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So this one came out in August of 2021, and it was the ninth grossest... Highest grossing film of 2021, fun fact for you. It grossed over $432 million worldwide. Ooh. There you go. It was released in the U.S. September 3rd as part of Phase 4 of the MCU. So we're going to, as usual, go through a quick synopsis. I'll do my best of going through it. And just prefacing this, I apologize well in advance if I screw up any of these
1: names. I will do my best. But, I'm sorry. Um. Also, spoiler alert, coming up people. Yes. Spoiler alert, if you have not watched this movie don't and don't want to be spoiled, do not listen to this recording.
0: Correct. But it is available now for your convenience on Disney Plus. Shameless plug.
1: Exactly. <laughs> uh, we are not sponsored by Disney Plus, but Disney hit us up
2: yeah seriously disney marvel come on hey come on now we've been talking about your stuff for a few episodes already so seriously (laughs)
1: let let let, let's just let let, let's just talk we we, we can come to some type of agreement i know we can seriously (laughs) Uh. (laughs) all right
0: so again as mary said spoiler alert um let's get into this movie so so around a thousand years ago shu wenwu discovers the mystical ten rings which grant immortality and godly like powers Uh, he establishes what's called the ten rings organization and starts conquering kingdoms and destroying governments all throughout history and In 1996, Wenwu searches for Ta Lo, which is a village which is said to harbor mythical beasts. And he travels through this magic forest to the village entrance, but is stopped by the guardian, who's called Ying Li. They have this, like, crazy battle, which is kind of like dance fighting, is, like, how I am going to describe it. (laughs) And they wind up falling in love. And... You know, when they go to the Tallow villagers, they reject Wenwu and Li chooses to leave with him. They get married and they have two children who is Shang Shang-Chi and Shiling. And Wenwu abandons his organization and he locks away the 10 rings to just, you know, be with his his fam. Um, when Shang chi is seven, Lee is murdered by Wenwu's enemies, who's called the Iron Gang. And Wenwu decides to don, don, excuse me, don the Ten Rings again and massacres the entire Iron Gang. And resumes leadership of the whole organization. And basically starts up the Ten Rings organization again. He makes Shang-Chi undergo, like, ridiculous martial arts training, but doesn't allow Shai Ling to train because she's female. And basically, she secretly decides to teach herself. When Shang-Chi is 14, Wu sends him to assassinate uh, the Iron Gang's leader. And because he was so traumatized by the mission, he decides to run away. And runs away to San Francisco, California, and decides to go under the name Sean. So now we are in present day, and Shang-Chi works as a parking valet with his best friend Katie, who basically doesn't know anything about who he is. Uh, only who he is now, not about his past. Um, they get attacked by the Ten Rings on like on a bus because they're trying to steal the pendant that Lee, his mother, gave to Shang-Chi. That battle was freaking, like, ridiculously awesome, I'm just saying. So (laughs) after after that, Shang-Chi decides to fly out to find his sister, um, because he's scared that the Ten Rings are going to go after her, because she also has the matching pendant. He winds up telling Katie who he is, and Katie being the good friend that she is. Uh, insists on helping him and goes with him. They find Xiling at an underground fight club in Macaw, and, uh, which she created after escaping Wenwu at 16. The Ten Rings do show up. They do attack the fight club, and uh, Wenwu arrives, and he captures Shang-Chi, Katie, Xiling, and takes her pendant as well. A group of them are taken to the Ten Rings compound. And Wu uses the pendants to reveal a mystical map that leads to Ta-Lo. Wu explains that he keeps hearing his deceased wife, Lee, calling out to him. And thinks that she's being held captive in Talo behind the sealed gate. And he plans on going and destroying the village and releasing her. And, you know... Katie and Shang-Chi and ziling they're trying to tell him, like, it's not a good idea. And so he basically imprisons them instead because they're not going to help him. So, you know, he got what he needed from them. Bye-bye. So then the three meet former actor Trevor Slattery, whom the Ten Rings imprisoned because he was impersonating Wenwu. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, Iron Man. Right? Was Iron Man one? 3. Iron Man 3, yeah. Three. Iron Man 3. He impersonated Wenwu, so he was imprisoned. Um, so they find Trevor and his Dun companion, Morris, who offers to guide them to Talo. A uh, group manages to escape and gets to Talo, which exists in a separate dimension and, you know, has the Various uh, Chinese mystical creatures, they wind up meeting Li's sister, Ying Nan, who explains the history of Ta Lo and basically tells them that thousands of years ago, the universe was containing the village, that the universe that was containing the village was attacked by the soul consuming dweller in darkness and its soul eaters. But it was saved by a Chinese dragon called the Great Protector, who helped seal the dark gate to the Dweller's world. And according to Nan, the Dweller in Darkness has been impersonating Li so that Wenwu will use the Ten Rings to open the gate. So Shang-Chi, Xiling, and Katie join the villagers to train and prepare for when Wenwu arrives and, you know, because they know he's gonna show up there to try and break the the gate. Uh, Wenwu and the Ten Rings do arrive and attack uh, Wu is able to overpower Shang-Chi and forces him into a nearby lake which separates the village from the gate and then heads to the gate to go attack the rings and as he's attacking the gate it is starting to split open and some of the dweller soul eaters are able to escape and is and killing you know villagers ten rings you know whatever so the ten rings decide to join forces with the villagers to attack the well, the soul eaters. Great protector is able, which if you remember I said is the dragon, uh, is able to revive Shang-Chi and basically brings him uh, back from the lake to battle the soul eaters. Wu and Shang-Chi fight again and Shang-Chi is able to actually gain the upper hand and basically has a chance to finally kill his father and decides to spare him. The Dweller in Darkness, though, does manage to escape because Wenwu did manage to weaken the gate so much, and it attacks Shang-Chi. Wenwu finally becomes a good father and saves Shang-Chi and by bequeathing him the rings before being killed by the Dweller in Darkness. Um, Shang-Chi, the Great Protector... Zha Ling and Katie, along with everyone else, manage to kill the Dweller in Darkness. Afterwards, Shang-Chi and Katie return to San Francisco um, and get confronted by a sorcerer named Wong. And if you don't know who Wong is, that's from Doctor Strange. And he summons them to Kamar Taj. And that's pretty much the end of the movie. And then there is a mid credit scene where... Wong introduces Shang-Chi and Katie to Bruce Banner and Carol Danvers while researching the ring's origin. And they discover that the rings are acting as a beacon to something. And then there's a post credit scene where Zha Ling becomes the new leader to the Ten Rings compound and is allowing women and men to train side by side even though she had told Shang-Chi that she was going to span the entire organization. And that is the end.
2: Yay! You got through it. <laughs> we yeah, got through really. it.
0: Yeah, it actually wasn't that bad. Yeah. So, um. What did we think overall?
2: I liked it.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, overall, I liked it, but there was a few things that I just thought were a little too tropey, and I was like, they really could have done something different.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were there were a couple of things that um, were kind of like, eh, but. I got past it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I thought the movie overall was actually very well done. Um, I know, like, we were concerned about, like, quote-unquote campiness, especially since, you know, tends to be whenever you talk about, you know, Chinese or Asian history, you know, they... These Hollywood studios tend to... I don't want to say overdo it, but they they like, I don't know, they make it campy basically. Like they, I guess, overdo it is kind of a good way of putting it. Like they just, you know, they don't make it as authentic. They they go overboard with trying to make it authentic that it's not authentic. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel that too much in this. I thought that you know they didn't go too crazy, but that's just me. Um. But I thought the casting was was really well done. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Special effects I thought were pretty good. It was a mix of funny, and uh, you know, obviously had the action and stuff like that. I mean, honestly, you have Aquafina and something, and you know it's going to be funny. So she's pretty hilarious.
2: Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, actually, like, I mean, at first, like, I wasn't sure about her because. You know, I mean, she's a comedian and she mostly does comedic roles, which isn't to say that Marvel doesn't have comedy in it. It does. But, you know, at first, like, I was kind of wondering um, how she fits in. But I guess like she's kind of like the audience. uh, Like, she's like the character that kind of represents the audience a bit where Mm
0: -hmm.
2: she's like pulled into this like crazy situation and like wondering... What is going on? And you know, that's kind of like us as the audience as well. It's like, what is going on? (laughs) These people after you. Who what?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I I think my main issue it really stemmed down to the very first quote unquote not the not the martial arts. Fight scene between Wenwu and what the hell's her name again? Lee. Lee, yeah, her. That one was great. That that was beautiful. I, oh, I, I love dance
0: fighting. Happened.
1: Yes, but the the Shang the the, the Shang Chi bus scene. I'm like, damn it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It was beautifully shot. It was a, it it was well done. It's just so freaking tropey. I'm like, really
0: You know, heard, you wait. notice it happens like in almost every Marvel movie there's something like that.
1: I know. I know. And I mean, I think that, that's my that's my biggest I know I'm I'm whining now. But that's my biggest issue with the Marvel movies is there's always the the it's like they just throw in a fight scene that really didn't need to be there.
0: I mean, it, I guess it,
2: like the it, justification for it was it reintroduces the 10 rings back into his life after avoiding them. Yeah. For so long. I mean, that's that's their justification for it. Rich. I know. But
1: it, it just, it's still no, it's just, it's just, to, to me, it just felt a little too tropey. And I was like.
2: <sighs> no, I get it. I get typical
1: it. Typical fight scene. It, I mean, I. I I think, I think it was more the big, the big, uh, I don't know if he was necessarily Russian with, that had the freaking, Mm -hmm. uh, raised the, uh, red hot razor blade for an uh, arm. Yeah.
2: I'm I'm like, Really? Really? You know, it's funny, actually, like, uh, it's only now that I'm thinking about, but, you know, actually that bus fight scene actually reminds me a lot of, like, some of those, um, Jackie Chan, uh, films, actually. (laughs)
1: It did, it did, and that was, that's what I was thinking, I was like, all you need is Chris Rock and this is a Jackie Chan movie.
2: Well, actually, it's kind of funny. Like, I, watching the movie, I found myself really feeling like they took some... I'm trying to think what's the best way to describe it. Like, a lot of hom- homages to a lot of, like... I don't want to call them classic, but, like, a lot of well-known, like, Chinese movies... Like the like like the scene that you guys really seem to enjoy watching was like the first fight scene between um, when uh, when Wu and um, Ying Li first met each other. That whole like fight scene. Well, I, I remember while I was watching it. I was like, I was really reminded a lot of um, of uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Actually.
0: Oh my god. god. Okay. So wait. Yeah. I just I'm reading something right now.
2: Right,
0: and it says for the film's action scenes, Creton drew inspiration from a range of different fighting styles due to Shang-Chi being trained in different types of martial arts. These include the elegant, almost ethereal wushu style from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and the kinetic fights of Jackie Chan films. So, like, what the heck? There guys? you go. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, I've wa- yeah, I've I've grown up watching a lot of these kind of movies. Um, that's why like I kind of recognized some of yeah. the stylings to it um it's not a that bad is, thing it's not in, I yeah I, was,
0: honestly maybe. thinking about it now like that I keep calling it like dance fighting but it is it's like crouching tiger hidden dragon where it's very you know fluid motion and it's like the whole body mm-hmm. kind of like going into it or whatever like it's true right. that is a very now that I'm now that I read that and you said that I was like oh you know
2: Like in particular, yeah, in particular, it really reminded me a lot of that scene in Crouching Tiger where they were fighting in the bamboo forest and they're like,
0: Mm
2: -hmm. uh, you know, running, jumping, flying through, you know, uh, you know, using the Mm stalks to, you know, like, oh, hi, you know, I'm over here, you're over there. And, you know, I'm going to race, you know, chase after you through this and that, you know, it's that was like a visual recall to me a little bit. Um mm. actually another one I thought was um I thought of actually was um Hero actually. That was another very good movie where they have similar visuals. Um uh, especially the way they use the color palette in some of the tallow scenes. The way they mm. use like uh bright, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't want to say primary colors, but It's like, you you kind of tell, like, there's a certain color that they're using as, like, the theme of the scene, which is something they do in Hero. Um, but yes. (laughs) Um, any other things that you guys liked about the movie? I mean, there's quite a bit we could get into. Well, I know, Liz, me and you were talking about this
1: yesterday, um... The the actual cre- the mythical creatures that they used for the t- the the um, tallow scenes,
2: right?
1: Um, Morris for one. Basically, we we've, we've all decided we want Morris. We don't care that he's a chaos, technically a chaos monster. I want Morris.
2: Yeah, and there's plushies of him out there.
1: I, and- I'm gonna have to buy myself a plushie Morris because I want Morris. He, he's a friggin' adorable.
0: Yeah, he is cute.
1: He he was so stinking cute, and I was very, very, very happy to see that they actually used a correct dragon for the culture, and not just right. slap slap any old dragon in there. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. Right, because. Um, in traditional Chinese art, when you look at a dragon, you know mm-hmm. it's a very different dragon from your classic Western Knights exactly. in shining armor fantasy. Exactly. Like, like, they look different from, you know, the Game of Thrones dragons.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, because, like, you know, aside from the stylistic approach of the art, it's also very visually indicative of how they are very separate types of creatures. Like, you have the western concept of a dragon being like a destroyer representation of like greed and stuff like that with the you know the gold hoarding thing Mm -hmm. and in Asia in general the dragon is meant to be almost like a benevolent god nature god of a sort where I mean they can still do negative things if you piss them off but if they choose to be kind to you, they'll bring rain for your crops, you know, things like that. So, yeah. You know, I, I I did appreciate how visually they look like they are Chinese style dragons. And they did it in a way where you could actually believe that this is a real creature and not, like, somehow, like, stereotypically cartoony-looking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, and it was well, the The animation for it was well drawn mm-hmm. and very, very, I felt accurate from any pictures that I've actually seen of like murals and stuff that have that where they've painted these dragons right? in pictures is like it, it looked just like, it's like they really did their homework with it and it yeah. just kind of like. I hate to say, it, but half-ass it with something, yeah. you know,
2: right? They, and like we were,
1: right? They, they did really well with that, and with almost all the other mythical creatures too, because the the nine-tailed fox, right? That was I, I. I want one of them too. By the way, I'll take it. I'll yeah. take a. I'll take a Morris and a nine-tailed fox, please.
2: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah, like we were saying with Morris, the thing is that when you look up, like, you know, pictures of what, uh, of like, different drawings of, like, Hundun, he looks exactly like one. He looks like what this picture would be like if it was a real creature with fur and everything. I mean, you know, and. But he also looks so soft and squishy, like you want to pick him up and give him a hug. Mm hmm a pat pat on the head i was so
0: nervous that morris and or the dragon were we're gonna get
1: killed that's like like my that was like my fear yeah yeah and and to be fair the dragon almost did almost did yes almost saved him we saved him i was like I was like, "Please, not the dragon!" <laughs> also, I, I would have, have been sad have, about Morris, to be honest. I would have cried. Yeah, you know,
0: but I have a thing for like those types of, you know, whether it's like a Morris or whatever, because it's like either like a- like animals, like you know, pets or whatever, and it's like their innocence. Yeah. Even though like the dragon is like you know fighting, but it's like their innocence. It's just <laughs> how I think of it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> They're not real, but damn it, I thought I just like they're especially Morris. He's he was so innocent.
2: Well, that just goes to show you like how much effort they went into to like making this thing so lovable, (laughs) and all (laughs) it does is
1: kind of noises. Basically, just made a bunch of cute, really cute noises, and I'm like, I want him.
0: with his little wings (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, you completely
2: forget he has no face I know
0: like in your mind you actually kind
1: of see it
2: I Mm -hmm. know you kind of picture the face there even though it's not
1: there I can totally see his face it's an adorable little face
2: that's just how magical it is like what they did yes
1: is it bad that I'm seriously thinking of actually buying a Morris plush from Amazon?
2: I bet, well, they are out there. Like, I've seen pictures of it.
1: No, like, seriously, I'm looking at Amazon right now.
2: Actually, you know what? Okay, I have to make a... I, I have to, like, mention that um, other than the dragon and the fox and the the... Well... We would call we call it a phoenix, but it's not really a phoenix. But you know, it's a it's a firebird. Other than like those creatures and a couple others, like I didn't recognize some of the animals because um my my knowledge of Chinese mythology is extremely limited because like uh, my mom's side of the family uh converted to c- Catholicism and. My dad is not particularly, like, religious or anything like that in general. So I didn't grow up with that much knowledge of, like, traditional religious belief or knowledge of, like, mythology. So I had to actually look up what some of these things were. And the funny thing I found out about hundun is that there is um, a connection to wonton dumplings, <laughs> which is really funny actually.
1: Yeah. I I literally just looked it up and they and this article I found they said they were using um they they were using Morris cuz they used like um real animals like ostriches and like wombats and things like that and they basically said that Morris is basically they used a wombat for but just made it into Morris. Right. Yeah, I mean, like... like how they moved and everything.
2: Yeah, I mean, with imaginary creatures, you have to, like, use real animals to figure out how they move and behave to make it more real. Especially when, you know, the creature that you're trying to work with, you know, doesn't exist at all. I mean, it's one thing if it was, like, an extinct animal and you're just Mm -hmm. extrapolating... Uh-huh. From various clues, like how it may have moved and behaved, and even what it sounded like, but yeah, you kind of have to wing it with imaginary creatures.
0: True.
2: Yeah.
0: Very true. I have some trivia. Uh, sure, go ahead. In the late nineteen eighties, Stanley had considered a film or TV series about Shang Chi. And had in mind Brandon Lee, who is the son of Bruce Lee, for the role. And Shang-Chi was visually based on Bruce Lee. So Brandon obviously seemed like the best choice since it's his son. But it never happened. Yeah. Okay. Simu Liu, uh, when he was cast as Shang-Chi, he already knew how to do Taekwondo, gymnastics, and Wing Chun. And right. then he got trained in Tai Chi, Wushu, Mai Tai, uh Prav Maga, Jiu Jitsu, boxing, street fighting, like and I read he put on like an extra ten pounds of just pure muscle. This this is his first starring role. Right. Um, uh, he's always just been secondary. Aquafina was first person casted it for this movie and in Xyling's uh, Fight Club apparently on the lower tier one of the fights was between one of the Widows appeared in Black Widow and uh, an enhanced with extremist treatment from Iron Man 3 so those two were fighting down at the bottom level. So now I'm going to have to watch it again and look for that.
1: Yeah, because I didn't. I'm going to have to watch it again the, for the third time just to find that because I just, didn't see that. Right? When I read that, I was like, oh, that's yeah. interesting.
0: Uh, Simu tweeted, and I'm sure everyone has kind of heard this, tweeted in December of 2008 asking Marvel to, number one, make this movie and to put him up for the role. And then <laughs> in 2019, he tweeted, he retweeted the original tweet and just went, Thank
1: you. <laughs> Manifesting works. <laughs> well, but I'll tell you, they they did very well in uh, casting him in the role. Oh yeah, he was he was so good. He was so good. Yeah, you would have. I if I didn't know that it was his first quote unquote lead role, I would have thought he'd been doing it for years. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, he's pretty. Yeah, he's pretty funny about like talking about his career up to this point.
1: <laughs> the <Yeah>. stock photos.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look at him now. Uh,
2: yeah.
0: Hopefully, this opens uh, a lot of doors for him.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's I'm
1: sure it will. Because, as I mentioned,
2: all the other kids who are like, "See, you can do it." <laughs> exactly.
0: Um. They started filming in March of 2020. They didn't get very far. Because then they had to stop due to COVID. But they were actually the first movie to restart filming at the end of July of 2020. Um, yeah, first feature film to reopen Disney's operations globally after the lockdown. They were filming in Australia.
2: Yeah, actually quite a few of the upcoming movies were filming in Australia. Um, because yeah. for a few months it was like the place that had that was like almost well, almost COVID free. But yeah, yeah. that we you know mm-hmm. how long that stayed.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately. And then Simu found out about getting the role of Shang-Chi after waking up from a nap in his underwear eating shrimp crackers. He said that he got a call from Kevin Feige giving him the role, along with asking him to come to Comic Con in four days. <laughs> Imagine being like, uh, what?"
2: <laughs> I'm not sure, like which is which is the weirder casting news story, that one or Henry Cavill, really? Oh Finding yeah, him. New, him almost, uh, new uh, Superman. Yeah. I
1: don't know that's Because he was too busy playing uh, World of Warcraft. And he missed the phone call and had to go to voicemail. It's very funny. Yeah. I'll, I'll never forget that one about cattle.
2: Super, super gaming nerd. Yeah, right? Yeah.
1: Man after my own heart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, so that's the... That's pretty much... Only what I found, uh, the cool
2: movie is, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's like I thought it was like really great how like they did cast like mostly Asian actors, um, mm-hmm. in the movie, which was good. Yeah. So time to expand,
1: yeah. The horizons, but I, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I I absolutely love Ben Kingsley. Who played Trevor? <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I mean, it made sense to include him in it because as far as we know, it really did the character is still alive.
1: right. right.
2: So and, and the fact he did um impersonate, quote unquote, the Mandarin, and it's mm-hmm. like I, I know in that bonus um, in that bonus uh, short film. They indicated that he was kidnapped by, you know, members of the Ten Rings to bring back to their boss to punish him, and it was kind of left as a, at a que- as a question mark, like what happened to him after that. Well, now we got the answer. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> thank God he had Morris. I know. I I just love the fact he's like, you can see him. Oh, thank God! I thought I've been hallucinating him this entire time. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it was pretty funny to me how like uh well, I mean, I, well, obviously Katie wouldn't know what what Morris is, but it was also kind of funny to me like how Shangchen doesn't know what he is either. Which goes to show you is that like, you know, not all uh younger generation uh Chinese people necessarily know these things for right. either. Um so I'm not so I'm not the only anomaly here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah but they're they're like freaking out they're like what is that thing what is it he's like what that thing oh you can see him (laughs) such fabulous news I thought I've been hallucinating him this entire time
2: to be fair even if he was hallucinating Morris at least uh, being able to talk to uh, something that you think is there does make you feel less lonely.
1: <laughs> true. This is true. That is very true. <laughs> just, even in my wildest uh, imaginations, could I have ever? I could never have imagined a creature like Morris.
2: I don't know. Maybe even when you were three, you might have.
1: <laughs> I don't even think at three I would have imagined something like Morris.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes kids can surprise you.
1: No, well, considering my my imaginary friend was named Lisa, yeah. and she's the one who drew on drew drew on the wall with crayon. Was it me? Yeah, <laughs> but that's a whole other topic.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, one of. Well, since we were talking about the casting, I one thing I was really impressed by was they actually cast uh, Tony Leung, uh, Leung. Well, that's how I pronounce his name, anyway. Uh, most of you guys could pronounce it as Tony Leung, um, but it it was really impressive they ca- they were able to get him to do this because um, for people who aren't familiar, he's like very well known in a lot of Hong Kong movies. I mean. He's like one of those like legends of Hong Kong cinema. So being able to cast an actor like him to do a movie like this is pretty, pretty big deal since like he, I don't think he's done too many, uh, Western movies before. Actually, actually, I mentioned this movie earlier, Hero, but he was actually one of the lead characters in Hero. Um... He was also in Lost Caution. He was also in um, Chungking Express and in The Mood for Love. Quite quite a few other like um, well known movies in Hong Kong cinema. If, you, if anybody's ever watched any of those movies, you you would know him. So, but wow, that that, that was impressive that they got him to do this. So, huh. yeah and i'm pretty sure like like a lot of people are familiar with Michelle Yeoh at this yeah. point like, she's done like quite a few hollywood movies now and, and in fact like we mentioned in the movie earlier uh, crouching tiger hidden dragon is what really made people aware of who she is so
0: yeah no i thought i mean you know i i thought like i said the casting was really well i you know it it was nice to you know I had no complaints as far as um am concerned. And I mean, they had, you know, obviously we mentioned like it, it was nice to have, you know, um, the Asian community kind of brought more into like the MCU and all that stuff. And having Asian actors uh, it for the roles. And then they also had the, an Asian director as well. Right. So. Right. It was just, you know, I just thought it was put together very well. It yeah it was liked. I mean, I think on Rotten Tomatoes it had a ninety-one percent uh, rating.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. yeah, which is great. Yeah, um, I'm very intrigued with this. What the sequel will be? Presumably, the sequel is going to dive into the rings themselves, because like we said earlier, in one of those like uh bonus scenes in the credits Uh they indicate that there seems to be some kind of signal you know beaming out to somewhere to something uh from the rings so i would imagine that the sequel will explore that because i mean it's not like i can't imagine that this would get explored in like another movie altogether that's not that's not the sequel, you know.
1: Yeah. I'd say they're probably going to explore the fact that um Xiaoling didn't uh disband the 10 rings like she said she was going to. Yeah.
2: It's kind of funny. Actually, um I was aware of the Mandarin as an Iron Man villain, like back, you know, back when like they were doing Iron Man cartoon series in the nineties that I had seen uh some of the episodes of. So I was aware of the character being, you know, a villain, but other than that, I wasn't overly familiar with him in any other respect. So I did look up the character a bit more, like what the comic books were saying and you know it 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 in like they mentioned that obviously the Mandarin had ten actual rings they weren't like the bands that we see in the movie they were like actual rings, and apparently the rings were uh, remnants of an alien spaceship that he kind of created into like a ring form so that he has access to some of the technology from the ship so he can use those as his, like, abilities to do all sorts of stuff. So now I'm kind of wondering now if, because, like, they're indicating that these rings are emitting some kind of signal, presumably into outer space, and even Carol and Bruce were kind of, like, suspecting there's something alien about it. hmm It actually does seem to have a connection to the comic origins of the rings but we'll have to see about that which i thought was kind of interesting um and oh yeah the other interesting thing i thought was like actually well okay so in the comics we find out that shang chi's father is the villain the mandarin But obviously, for the movie, they had to change that quite a bit because, of course, as you know, in case anybody wasn't familiar, the Mandarin is basically Marvel's reinterpretation of Fu Manchu, which is, of course, a grossly racist stereotype of Chinese men. So, yeah, that's not going to work. Okay. Um... I thought it was interesting that not only did they do a change for his father, but actually they did the same thing with his sister because I, you know, based on my little bit of research, I found out that like Shang-Chi does have a sister in the comics, but she's not a full-blooded sister. She's actually a half-sister that he, you know, they have the same father and she's also, she's actually a villain in the comics, this sister of his. and. She occasionally will team up with her brother if it meant dealing with their father or dealing with, like, some other, you know, common enemy. But then she'll go back to do, you know, her own, uh, involving criminal activity and stuff like that. So I thought it was kind of interesting that they gave this sister character similar, uh background and similar traits but yet they still made her kind of different so yeah that's good i like it
0: yeah definitely
1: so it'll be interesting to see exactly how they're really going to um, continue to tie in shang chi and the rings into the rest of the marvel cinematic universe especially now that they've opened the multiverse or they will be opening the multiverse, I should say. Yes. Yeah. Because. I mean, technically, they've already done it with uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, No Way Home, but. I haven't yeah. seen that yet. And that's not even technically. It's, te- it's what, technically a Sony picture.
0: Yeah. So it's not even going to be on Disney. Plus. Well, didn't I read somewhere that the first.
1: Spider-Man is now on Disney Plus or something. I make that up? I have no, I have no idea. I'm gonna have. I'm i I'm I'm gonna go find out. Yeah, (laughs) Disney basically,
0: you know, I didn't go to the movie theater either. We're gonna have to wait. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like on TV. (laughs) Yeah, because it's not gonna most likely won't be on Disney Plus, so which stinks. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of movies that I want to see that I haven't seen because I just. Don't want to go to the movies. I just don't feel comfortable.
1: Yeah, nope. It's not yeah. on. It's not
0: on Disney Plus yet. I made it up. I apologize.
1: That's okay.
2: We there's like quite a bit of stuff we haven't gone to the theaters to actually watch yet. I mean, like Eternals. We, I didn't get a chance to watch Eternals yet, but I either. will definitely. Yeah, Eternals but, is
1: now on Disney Plus, y'all. Yes.
2: Yes, and we will eventually. Watch Yeah, we will eventually do another episode about that movie um, down the road uh, in a few weeks' time, but, you know. Okay, so before we close out, as usual, uh, we have an email address where you can send us questions, comments, uh, criticisms on how to improve our show. Um, You can email us at threefatesdecide at gmail.com. It's the title of our podcast, All in One Word, and the three is spelled out.
1: And you can also reach us on Instagram at Three Fates Decide. The three is spelled out. And feel free to send us DMs. Let us know what you think. We love feedback.
2: Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch us next time. And see what we're going to talk about.
1: Because the three fates decide.